0: Book 2, Chapter 28 of The Mystical City of God, Volume 2, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 2, Chapter 28 At the age of one year, the infant Jesus speaks to Saint Joseph and requests his mother to clothe him and allow him to walk. He commences to celebrate the day of his incarnation and of his birth during one of the conversations of mary with joseph concerning the mysteries of the lord the infant jesus having reached the age of one year resolved to break the silence and speak in plain words to joseph who so faithfully fulfilled the duties of a foster-father as i have already mentioned in chapter the tenth he had thus conversed with his heavenly mother from the time of his birth The two holy spouses were speaking of the infinite being of God, of his goodness and excessive love, which induced him to send his only begotten Son, as the teacher and savior of men, clothing him in human form, in order that he might converse with them and suffer the punishments of their depraved natures. Saint Joseph was lost in wonder at the works of the Lord, and inflamed by affectionate gratitude and exaltation of the Lord. Seizing upon this occasion the infant God, resting upon the arms of his mother, as upon the seat of wisdom, began to speak to Saint Joseph in an intelligible voice, saying, My Father, I came from heaven upon this earth in order to be the light of the world, and in order to rescue it from darkness of sin, in order to seek and know my sheep as a good shepherd, to give them nourishment of eternal life, teach them the way of heaven, open its gates." which had been closed by their sins i desire that you both be children of the light which you have so close at hand these words of the infant jesus being full of divine life filled the heart of the patriarch saint joseph with new love reverence and joy he fell on his knees before the infant god with profoundest humility and thanked him for having called him father by the very first words spoken to him he besought the lord with many tears to enlighten him and enable him to fulfill entirely his most holy will to teach him to be thankful for the incomparable benefits flowing from his generous hands parents who love their children very much are touched with consolation and pride to see their children show great signs of wisdom and virtue and even when this is not the case they are naturally inclined to extol and make much of their childish pranks and sayings for all this is the result of their tender affection for their young offspring although saint joseph was not the natural but the foster-father of jesus his love for him exceeded by far all the love of parents for their children since in him grace or even natural love was more powerful than in others yea than in all the parents together hence the joy of his soul is to be measured by this love and appreciation of saint joseph as being the foster-father of the infant jesus for he at the same time heard himself called the father of the son of the eternal father and saw him so beautiful in grace while listening to such exalted wisdom and knowledge in the child during the whole of this first year his sweetest mother had wrapped the infant god in clothes and coverings usual with other children for he did not wish to be distinguished in this from others and he wished to bear witness to his true humanity and to his love for mortals enduring this inconvenience otherwise not required of him the most prudent mother judging that now the time had come to free him from swaddling clothes and place him on his feet knelt down before the child in its cradle and said my son and sweetest love of my soul my lord i desire as thy slave to be punctual in fulfilling thy wishes o light of my eyes thou hast been for a long time oppressed by the swaddling clothes and thereby gone to the extreme of thy love for men. It is time thou changed this manner. Tell me, my master, what shall I do to place thee on thy feet? My mother, answered the infant Jesus, on account of the love which I bear toward men, whom I have created and come to redeem, the swathings of my childhood have not seemed irksome to me, since when I shall be grown up, I shall be bound and delivered over to my enemies unto death matthew chapter twenty verse eighteen if this prospect is sweet to me for the love of my father letter to the hebrews chapter ten verse seventy one all the rest is certainly easy to me i wish to possess only one garment during all my life for i seek nothing more than what is sufficient to cover me Although all created things are mine, because I have given them being, I turn them over to men, in order that they may owe me so much the more, and in order that I may teach them, according to my example and for my love, to repudiate and despise all that is superfluous for natural life. Clothe me, my mother, in a tunic of lowly and ordinary color. This alone will I wear, and it shall grow with me. Over this garment shall they cast lots at my death psalm twenty one verse nineteen for even this shall not be left at my disposal but at the disposal of others so that men shall see that i was born and wish to live poor and destitute of visible things which being earthly oppress and darken the heart of man at the very moment of my conception in thy virginal womb i made this renunciation and abdication of all that is contained in the world though all is mine on account of the union of my human nature with the divine i shall not have anything to do with visible things except to offer them up to the eternal father renouncing them for his love and making use of only so much as is sufficient to sustain my natural life which i will afterwards yield up for man's sake by this example i wish to impress upon the world the doctrine that it must love poverty and not despise it for i who am the lord of the whole world entirely repudiate and reject its possessions those who know me by faith should be filled with confusion at seeing themselves desire what i taught them to despise the words of the divine child produced in the heart of the heavenly mother diverse wonderful effects the allusion to the seizure and death of her most holy son transfixed her pure and compassionate heart and the doctrine and example of such extreme poverty and destitution excited her admiration and urged her to its imitation his boundless love for mortals inflamed her with loving gratitude toward the lord and produced in her heroic acts of many virtues seeing that the child jesus desired no footgear and only one garment she said to him My son and my lord, thy mother has not the heart to allow thee to go barefoot upon the ground at thy tender age. Permit me, my love, to provide some kind of covering to protect them. I also fear that the rough garment which thou askest of me will wound thy tender body if thou permit no linen to be worn beneath. My mother, I will permit a slight and ordinary covering for my feet until the time of my public preaching shall come, for this I must do barefooted. But i do not wish to wear linen because it foments carnal pleasures and is the cause of many vices in men i wish to teach many by my example to renounce it for love and imitation of me immediately the great queen set diligently about fulfilling the will of her most holy son procuring some wool in its natural and uncolored state She spun it very finely with her own hands, and of it she wove a garment of one piece and without any seam, similar to knitted stuff, or rather like twilled cloth. For it was woven of twisted cords, not like smooth woven goods. She wove it upon a small loom, by meshes, crocheting it of one seamless piece in a mysterious manner. John chapter 19 verse 23 Two things were wonderful about it. That it was entirely even and uniform without any seams and that at her request the natural color was changed to a more suitable one which was a mixture of brown and a most exquisite silver gray so that it could not be called either appearing to be neither altogether brown nor silvery nor gray but having a mixture of them all she also wove a pair of sandals of strong thread like hempen shoes with which she covered the feet of the infant god besides these she made a half tunic of linen which was to serve as an undergarment. in the next chapter i shall tell what happened when she clothed the infant jesus at this time occurred the anniversary of the incarnation and of the nativity of the divine word both of them when they had already settled in egypt The celestial queen celebrated these feasts, so joyous for the mother of God, commencing a custom observed by her during all the rest of her life, as will be seen in the third part, which treats about the mysteries happening later on. She began to prepare for the feast of the incarnation nine days before, in accordance with the nine days of preparation, in which she had been visited with such admirable and magnificent graces. At the anniversary of the incarnation, or annunciation, she invited all the angels of heaven, together with those of her guard, to assist her in the celebration of those great mysteries, and to help her to acknowledge and give worthy thanks to the Almighty. Prostrate before the infant in the form of a cross, she besought him to praise in her stead, the eternal Father, and thank him for the favors of his right hand towards her, and for the gift of his only begotten Son to the human race john chapter three verse sixteen the same petition she made on the anniversary of her divine parturition on these days the heavenly lady was regaled with many graces and joys by the most high because he renewed the unbroken remembrance and understanding of these exalted sacraments as she had received intelligence how much the eternal father was pleased and obliged by this outward manifestation of sorrow exhibited in her prostration in the form of a cross and by her mindfulness of the crucifixion of the lamb of god she practiced this devotion on all the festivals seeking to appease the divine justice and soliciting mercy for the sinners inflamed with charity she rose up and ended her celebration with wonderful hymns singing them alternately with the angels they formed a choir of celestial harmony, the holy angels intoning their songs, and the Blessed Lady answering them on her part in hymns more sweet to the ears of God, and more acceptable than those of the most exalted seraphim and all the heavenly choirs. For these were the echoes of his infinite virtues, piercing to the very throne and judgment seat of the eternal God. INSTRUCTION GIVEN BY THE MISTRESS AND QUEEN OF HEAVEN My daughter, Neither thyself nor all creatures together can ever comprehend the spirit of poverty of my most holy son and what he has taught me concerning it. But from what I have told thee thou canst understand much of the excellence of this virtue which its author and teacher loves so much, and of the horror in which he holds the vice of covetousness. The creator cannot hate the beings which he has created. But he knows in his wisdom the boundless damage caused in mortals by avarice and covetousness of visible things, and that this insane love would pervert the greater part of the human nature. His horror of this vice was in proportion to the number of sinners and foredoomed ones who are lost by the vice of avarice and cupidity in order to meet this evil and provide some remedy against it my most holy son chose poverty and taught it by word and by example of his admirable abnegation thus would the physician justify his cause before men if they for whom he prepared this means of safety and restoration would neglect to take advantage of it this same doctrine i taught and practiced during all my life upon it the apostles founded the church Such was also the teaching and practice of the patriarchs and saints who rejuvenated and confirmed religion in the church. For all of them have loved poverty as the only and most efficacious means of holiness. They have abhorred riches as the incentive of evil and the root of all vice. First letter to Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 This poverty I wish thee to love and seek after with all diligence for it is the adornment of the spouses of my most holy son without which i assure thee my dearest he will disavow and repudiate them as unworthy and far removed from him for it is preposterous to see a bride overflowing in riches and be decked with jewels at the side of a poor and destitute bridegroom nor can true love exist with such inequality it is clear that though thou wish to imitate me as a legitimate daughter i being myself poor shall not recognize thee as my daughter if thou art not one in reality nor shall i ever permit that in thee which i abhorred for myself i remind thee also not to forget the blessings of the most high which thou hast received in such abundance for if thou art not very attentive and solicitous in this duty thou wilt be drawn into forgetfulness and gross rudeness by the bluntness and sluggishness inherent in human nature renew many times a day the memory of his blessings always giving thanks to the lord with humble and loving affection especially memorable among his benefits are that he has called thee waited for thee dissembled and excused thy faults and added thereto such oft repeated favors this remembrance will cause in thee sweet and strong movements of love and thou wilt find new grace and favor before the lord since he is so much pleased by a faithful and thankful heart On the other hand, he is much offended if his kindnesses and blessings are not esteemed and appreciated, for as he confers them in the fullness of his love, he desires a dutiful, loyal and loving return on the part of his creatures. End of chapter 28